All right, episode 38. Get ready for this one. Um, are you serious? Welcome in. I am uh, meteorologist Andrew Dockery, Chief Meteorologist Jamie Arnold, sitting across with our winter weather encyclopedia. You're such a dork. I am a dork. There's so much here that you have printed out for this episode. I know. I I do appreciate it. Yeah. So, fun fact, these are my favorite episodes we do. When we look back at, yeah. And I think it's because I have no idea <laughs> other than just the, like Hurricane, like Hurricane Florida, yeah. sure, I could rattle yeah. that stuff off. But for me, I like to pull up the old soundings. I yeah. like to look at all the data. I like to go through the 500 millibar. So when we get to look back at stuff that I'm like, I've heard us talk about it. I've mm-hmm. seen the photos, but yeah. to actually go into it and look at the meteorology of, oh, of certain events, get it's ready. Fun. It's boring fun. I alert. On it too. Probably going to go through the yeah. roof here. We'll, no, we're we're going to keep it. Keep we're going to keep it exciting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, before we get to that winter weather, I'm sure many of you are clicking on it because there's probably snow in the title. Yeah. Um, rate this podcast five rate stars. It. Yep. That's what you got to do now. Rate it. You have to do it. Um, share with your friends and family too if you have it. I did want to pull up, and I think I had it at the very end of my notes here. It'll take you an hour to get through them. Maybe I did. Those notes. Um, it was a th- list of how to become a better podcaster. Oh yeah, yeah, Anya. Yeah. If you get a chance, I think it's in the printer. Uh-huh. So bring that whenever, you, if you can, Anya. Uh, I think it's at the printer over there in the in the conference room. If not, we'll do it on episode thirty nine. But I did want to read a comment that I got, and I had that written on there. I love the little positive um, messages we get from our viewers, and I message this one to you. Um, let's see. Let me go back and find it here. This won't take long at all, I promise, as I sit here and scroll. Um, anytime someone can message us saying, hey, we listen to you, we appreciate what you're doing, I am always a fan of it. And I think we need to share that a little bit more after some of, our, some of our more recent right. episodes. Um, all right, so I got this, and I'm going to pull up our text because I know I sent it to you. Maybe, maybe I didn't. How's Jamie? Jamie's good. Um, birthdays won't quit coming. Mm, you also had some much needed time off. Had a little time off. How'd that feel? Good. Yeah. Good. Um, Do we celebrated anything? another birthday. I wish they'd stop coming. What are we? Twenty eight. Yep. Yep. Twenty eight for Looking the great. Looking great for, the for 28. Time. For the umpteenth time. These birthdays will not quit. Oh, here comes Anya. Look at that. There she is. Remember Look. Anya? Say hey, wave. Anya. You want to wave in Come. here? She, there this is she what is. happens when you're not prepared and you have someone that's great. Um, Kathy wrote to us. Yes. I listened to the podcast for the first time today. Love it. Y'all are the best. Fleetwood Mac is the best. Yeah. All right. Um, that's where the rumors in our title yeah. came from. Also, she told me that her husband, who doesn't listen to podcasts at all, uh-huh. was the one who convinced her to listen to Really? Podcasts. All right. So, Kathy's husband, I didn't have a name. Thank you for yeah, thank you, Kathy's husband. Hey, sharing Kathy. with your friends and family. All right, let's have a little fun here. Okay, how do we be better podcasters? <laughs> if it's a lot more work than what we're doing right now, I'm not, I'm not doing it. How much work are we doing right now? You're doing a lot. I just show up. <laughs> You're doing this. <laughs> I pour a cup of coffee and walk in the door. There's about at least... 20 pages? Yeah. All right. How to become a better... Let's just... We'll grade us. Okay. See if we're doing good or not. Okay. Number one, original ideas. What's our grading scale? Let's go one through five. Five being good. 4.8. Okay. Good. Me too. Well-structured and planned out episodes. <laughs> Some days. 1.2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of host-to-listener interaction. Oh, definitely a five. Okay, cool. I that's so that's too. how the whole podcast started because uh, we <laughs> it worked out from people. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think we still respond to comments and ask for yeah. questions, shooting the breeze. Yeah. Um, good storytelling. It's like a I, five. I enjoy a good story. When you get on your like storytelling, <laughs> I just I love sit a story. Back and yeah. just listen. Yeah. Um, value and lots of it. Do we give value to the listener? Let's go with a three. <laughs> Why a three? Just curious. Well, I mean, we're not trying to help them better their lives. Okay. We're not sending positive messages. Okay. I mean, we should we're, giving, <laughs> we're giving you a chance to kick back if you want to know a little something about weather. Okay. Good. Relax. Okay. But you're, we're not bettering your life. Mm. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> Welcome in with Dr. Jamie. <laughs> 
I've got my own problems. I can't take care of yours. <laughs> you can call the helpline today, 1-800-GET-HELP. Right. Yeah. Um, if that's a real number, I'm sorry. Uh, publish episodes regularly. Every week. Take less breaks. Apparently taking too many breaks can slow the growth of your podcast. I feel like we're good. I feel like we're good. I mean, sometimes we've had to take breaks for the holidays, the height of hurricane season. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's like timely breaks, and it's yeah, and it's only a couple, and breather. it's only a couple weeks. Yeah, I couldn't imagine doing this fifty-two weeks. Like I love it. Yeah, but I feel like we would kind of run stagnant a little yeah. bit. Um, appropriate and relevant guest. Yeah, not this season yet. Not yet, but we have some coming. But we do soon. have some. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, um, be engaging and interesting. I feel like we're so five. I think we're. I think we're good. Maybe we'll we try. We try. <laughs> Make sure the production and podcast is high quality. Nothing but the look at this. I mean, look do at you this. See this. Look at this. Look at the I background. Put, I put freaking snowflakes on it. That's that's the kind of quality on our background that we have around here. Anya and Sarah always go in and throw photos in. Yeah, and make us look good. Like if we Andrew, to a Andrew camera. brings the books out. Mm-hmm. Somebody puts the tablecloth that's, that's, on this awful table that's under here. Oh, um, that's, so, yeah, this is, Sarah high dollar, this is high-dollar production Anya quality. Helps with it. This looks like it was stole from a 1940s diner. Do you know that I... <laughs> Come out of the trash somewhere. <laughs> Do you know that I am technically, I guess, a floor director when I set this yeah, up? Yeah, You know, That's another reason why I'm so thankful for y'all, because I walk in, lights are on, the cups are out, I... Pour a cup of coffee and sit down. <laughs> do we do a call to action? Follow us on social media, rate our podcast, share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Only do a couple. Too many makes you sound salesy. Mm, we don't want to do that. I know. Rate our podcast yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And then number 11, have fun. Every day. Every like time. Solid. I love it. Four out of five. I love it. Yeah. We're good. Real quick before we get into snow. Yeah. I was thinking about this, and Sarah brought this up as a good icebreaker question for this week. What would the title of your autobiography be? (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple of good titles. I've often batted around in my head writing one, not to sell, not to publish, but just just for me. We could promote it on the podcast. For when I get older. Okay. To look back. Oh, that's good. Because I do have stories, and I and uh, I feel like some of the stories are amazing. Like we all have stories, and I kind of want to remember them. Maybe mm. pass it on. Mm. Um. Most of the titles I probably couldn't say on here. Mm. That would be for Are You Serious After Dark. Um. I would title it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Okay. By Jamie Arnold. Um. The older I get, that's my motto for life, and I get that from my granny, my grandmother. Um, she instilled huh. that into me, even in the worst of times. It's going to be okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I live my life now. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. You're getting all philosophical yeah. over here. Yeah. Philosophical. That's philosophical. It. <laughs> it's like half sloth, right. half. Yeah. Um, what about yours? <laughs> I don't know. I Part of me thinks, how the hell did we get here? <laughs> yeah. Just like, I yeah. feel like life goes by so quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's fun. Country boy goes to town. Yeah. Every storm runs out of rain. The hick weatherman. Mm, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Cow pastures and cumulus clouds. I love it. Yeah. I love it. With Andrew Dockery. Little yeah. cowboy hat on too. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can see the cover now. You kind of leaning up on the fence post, mm. piece of straw hanging out of your mouth, but with like yeah. a a wind, and yeah, but it's you know, like yeah. a weather instrument holding yeah. it. In. Yeah, I like That's it. it. I like it. Also, I do have a dream to like write a children's book. That's weather related. Fun fact. I think that would be fun. All right. Well, if you're doing cow patties and raindrops or what? Well, was that's, yours? that's <laughs> what was it called? Uh, cow pastures and cumulus clouds. All right. That's ter- that's a terrible name. Mine will be Cosmos and Cumulonimbus. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. I like it. Outside of it's it's going to be okay. I like it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be all right. And I can picture you like on a couch. Yeah. With the Cosmo. Maybe that will be our <laughs> next set. Fingers crossed. Yeah. We still haven't <sighs> made enough money for that. Yet. Yeah. We're, we're still broke <laughs> when it comes to our podcast. Um, all right. 
let's go ahead and dive into this. Dive into this. So you're the one that thought of this. I yeah, know, which I love. Yeah, because a couple of weeks ago, we had a an anniversary of a pretty significant winter storm around here, and that kind of got us talking. Like, yeah, why don't we do? We've done Christmas yep. 1989. We've done we've done that one. That was the biggie. But there are others obviously not as big mm-hmm. locally, uh, but have been very impactful. Some of them recently, um, we are no doubt in a winter weather drought around here. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been two years since we had any real winter weather, and even that wasn't What, awful. half an inch in Myrtle? Had a half an inch of snow. A week before that, we had a little freezing rain and sleet. Yeah. When I first started here, the first... Eight, nine years here, we covered way more winter weather than we did tropical weather. Mm. We had, every winter we were having something. It was, in a couple of winters, we were having big stuff. Um, So it was a, you know, now we always talk about how weather goes in cycles. Mm -hmm. You know, we were were kind of in a not the best winter cycle right now. You know, it's it's been kind of slow for winter weather lovers. And if you're a winter weather fan, everything you think that you need is completely kind of opposite, as I've learned in my time here. Um, typically, a northeast wind mm-hmm. through the entire duration of the event in Kentucky, mm-hmm. pff, game you're good. over. Yeah, right here, here not so much. Nope. You really need to focus on the wind component yep. after, um, and kind of looking at the four storms, or actually five technically that mm-hmm. I brought up for this. Every single one of them mm-hmm. had the perfect shift and mm-hmm. winds to yep. set up winter weather potential. There's even one that we'll talk about. We were well above warmth, mm-hmm. like warmer than where we should be, mm-hmm. and still had winter precipitation here mm-hmm. because of that solid wind yep. direction change yep. uh, that take place. So um, I think the easiest way to go is obviously go chronologically. But before yep. we talk about that, I'm glad you brought that up. In the 2000s, Six and a half inches of snow in Myrtle Beach. Which I, look at that. Look at that. It's like Being I prepared. Was, it was prepared. Yeah. Um, however, that wasn't the most. Obviously, 1940s, we had 10 inches of snow. Yeah, so snowfall by decade. And this is Myrtle Beach. Yeah. This is Myrtle Beach. The heart of Myrtle Beach. It, this is really kind of a cool stat. And it does show how much we vary. Which I love. go in and out of cycles. Yeah. So, yeah, the 1940s, over the course of that decade, 10 inches of snow yeah. was reported in I would Beach. love that. Yeah. 1950s, an inch and a half. Yeah. Over 10 years, mm-hmm. an inch and a half. Yeah. Interesting thing about the 1950s that kind of correlates to the pattern we're in now, the 50s make the last 10 years here look like nothing for hurricanes. Mm. The 50s, it was bam, bam, I remember you saying that. bam, bam, and of course, Hazel in 54. That's the one that everybody remembers, but there was a bunch of other hurricanes in there. Wasn't any snow. 1960s, five and a half inches. Still would be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. 1970s, uh, 13 inches yeah. over the decade. The 80s, the wonderful 80s. The 80s were a time of some pretty epic winter storms all across the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Um, the 80s also skew our average in Big Myrtle time. Beach. Big time. Uh, over the 1980s, 34 and a half inches of snow. Over the course of 10 years. Over the course of 10 years in Myrtle Beach. 3.4 average per year. That's crazy. Obviously, that number is hugely inflated yep. from the one storm, the Christmas 1989 storm, yep. with 14 inches just from one storm. Yep. But there were other storms in the 80s. Uh, starting with 1980 all the way through 1989, the Christmas storm, that were impressive yeah. by local standards. Mm. That's where it kind of maxes out. <laughs> the yeah. 90s, one inch. One inch over 10 years. The 2000s, six and a half inches. That's when you were saying a little bit yep. more active yep. for you. Yep. 2010, five inches. Yep. So 2010 through 2020. Five inches. We're going to talk about two of those. We nickel and dimed our way to that. Yeah. There were no big ones, but it was enough to keep things active. And the 2020s, we don't have to say. Half an inch. Half an inch. So we want to go back. Two years ago on one day and one morning and was gone in an hour. We want to go back and (laughs) and look at some of these events that were a little bit more significant than, you know, your typical dusting. Yeah. 
some of which you've probably seen some photos and videos of in the past. Um, but we want to go all the way back to start in the 70s, correct? Yes. 1973, 19, February. 19, February 1973. This is the only storm on this list that I was not alive for. Okay. <laughs> the rest of them on here, I can tell you personal stories. This one I cannot. I wasn't around for 1973. I'm um, also, how ironic that we brought up Kathy and her comment, and she yeah. just messaged me as we're recording this. Yeah, what'd she say? Uh, my husband decided to watch it on YouTube. We have watched two more episodes since, and he liked it better on YouTube that way. Keep up the good work. Yeah, see, some people like to watch. Some good. people like to listen, some people like to watch, but that's so funny. Yeah. Um, so they're going to go back and listen to this and be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a cool little sign there. So February 1973, the only one Jamie was not alive for it. His young now 28 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, this thing meant some business. Um, it it does for South Carolina as a whole, as far as the entire state. Uh, this one is the biggest. Yeah, is the biggest for the state of South Carolina. Um, insane mm-hmm. snowfall amounts. The perfect setup. Uh, number one total in the state, tiny little Rimini, South Carolina. Never heard of that until I saw your graphic, man. I've only the only time I've ever heard of Rimini, South Carolina, is conversations about this snowstorm. Okay, I don't even know if it's on the map anymore. <laughs> it may not even be on the map anymore. But Rimini, uh, which is kind of south of Columbia, southwest of Florence, coming in with twenty four inches of snow. Oh. And it wasn't just like an isolated twenty four. There was yeah. a large chunk of areas just west of I-95, back through Columbia, all the way back towards almost Augusta, of 15 to 20 to 24 inches of snow. Solid band of snow. Um, Um, We talked about this in all these, and I'm not going to repeat it more than really just now. That low pressure for all of these is in the identical spot it needs to be in. Um, We always say Jacksonville south and not going across the coast. Going out. Going out straight to the Atlantic. And yeah. what that does is instead of bringing in the warmer airs that low would work across the coast, a northeast wind on this side of the low, as that moves due east, mm-hmm. will shift your wind so quick. To the north and the northwest. Out of the northwest, yep. and it's game over. And that prevents you from seeing any kind of warm air coming in off the ocean, and you crank out snow. And that's what this one did. Um there was snow all the way down to the Gulf Coast oh, of that one. Could not imagine. Um, and you want to talk about a crippling snowstorm. Yeah. Um, just unbelievable impacts from that storm. People were trapped. Obviously, the forecasting mm. during that time, not to what it is today, but people were trapped. Um, um, <laughs> just imagine in this day and age having to have food and supplies airdropped in i couldn't imagine the national guard having to come and dig you out that was sort of the state that central south carolina was in for that and it wasn't just central south carolina myrtle beach a foot conway a foot florence foot and a half darlington foot and a half and this so this was area wide this was basically from the coast to the mountains yeah was shut down and I think for me, it's so hard to fathom because I come with an area, yeah, they're still not great in snow, Kentucky, Indiana, mm-hmm. but at least we have the necessities yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. So when I'm reading about things being airdropped to people mm-hmm. stranded on the interstate, I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. because you don't have the resources right. in the Carolinas to deal yeah. with this. Um, really cool. We talk about rainfall rates, snowfall rates mm-hmm. in these systems. We call these uh, deformation bands. Mm-hmm. Basically an area of prolonged increased um, snow intensity. Mm-hmm. Typically on the north or northwest yeah. side. One to two inches per hour mm-hmm. for 12 to 16 hours. Unbelievable. Yeah. On the northwest side of this low. Yeah. That's where the highest totals Dumping. came in. That's yeah. insane. Now, Another fun fact, Atlanta, Georgia with this system, uh-huh. cloudy skies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a telltale sign of a classic deep south snowstorm is that places that you would normally expect to get more winter weather than us don't. It's just like Charlotte, and I remember this with a broken heart, with the 1989 <laughs> snowstorm. Uh, Christmas Eve, it was cloudy and bitter cold, but the news was all about the snow in Myrtle Beach. That's a classic sign 
Uh, it was snowing in New Orleans with the 73 storm. Snowed oh. in Jacksonville, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Just insanely far south. We've even seen that this year. Mm-hmm. In that first Arctic blast, yeah. uh, snow down in portions of yeah. the deep south, the yeah. Gulf Coast. Yeah, freezing rain in Houston. And here yeah. we are. Yeah, still nothing. Still waiting. Yeah. Um, drifts, snow drifts. Yeah. Up to eight feet. Yeah. Could be found. Yeah. In, in South Carolina. Of <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah. Unbelievable. Eight foot snow drifts. I could not imagine what that would be like. Nighttime it, temperatures dipped yeah. five degrees. Five degrees, and you know it's bad. The state of South Carolina suspended alcohol sales. Oh, <laughs> mm. you know that's you know it's getting bad mm-hmm. when, uh, yeah, when you suspend alcohol sales for because of the storm. As far as these storms go, because in Kentucky we have the bad tendency mm-hmm. growing up, any mention of it, mm-hmm. we're going to get the bourbon, mm-hmm. we're going to go get the milk, <laughs> right, and we're going to go get the bread. Yeah, as bad here. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought oh so. yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Yeah. I can only imagine the profit you made off of grocery grocery oh, yeah. stores it's, on some of Yeah, my food line stock <laughs> through the roof. Um, the frying pan on this storm uh, recorded wind gusts of 75 to 80 miles per hour. Yeah. Pretty steadily. Yeah. Um, a gust as high as 90 with 20 feet um, waves. Yeah. It was a it was a blizzard, which is something a word that we don't use much. Very often, rarely, but yes, indeed, a true blizzard here in the Carolinas and pure snow. Like, pure snow. That's yeah. the yeah. Most crazy of our storms are a mix, or rain to snow, or ice to rain, or snow to rain. Something other than just pure snow. This was snow from start to finish. Um, there's a couple of newspaper reports, and maybe we could throw some of these in here to where <laughs> it's like stuff that you wouldn't see. Mm-hmm. Like eastern portion of South Carolina tries to dig out, and it's all these stranded cars. Mm-hmm. Um, snowbound area of South Carolina declared a disaster. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is stuff you would see from a hurricane, right? but with snow on the ground. Yep. Um, and it's really cool to go back and read some of those. Yeah. There were some personal stories. Did you get a chance? I've seen some of those before, yeah. And Man. They're, they're amazing. Kathy Martin of Loris said, I was going to Conway Tech at the time, got sent home early and snowed in for most of the week. No doubt about that. Uh, Stan in Florence County, I sure do remember it. There was so much snow that roofs of many chicken houses and tobacco warehouses collapsed. Um, the stench of all those rotting chickens is something that's stamped on my memory. We were stranded with no way of transportation for a long time due to the depths of the snow, an event I will never forget. Um, and then I love Shannon, who said, we had a ph- photograph framed that hung on our wall in our house for the rest of the time in Nichols, South Carolina, in a snowdrift. I was four years old, and I remember the feeling of magic and danger mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. Winter weather is fascinating. And it's sometimes when you think of these storms, this storm, the 73, the 89. Yeah. It's happened before, Mm -hmm. which means it'll happen again. Yeah. I mean, I have hope. In my lifetime, I want to, obviously, like we always say with hurricane season, I don't want to see death and personal, but I want to see it. Yeah. I've seen snow here at the beach in my time here. I want to see a big one. I want to see. I want to see an 89. I want to see a 73. I think I'm young enough. To where we'll get it. That on. I still, there, there's I think, hope. I think so. There's hope. Yeah. Before I'm dead, that we'll get another one. When you say big, double digit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just the classic. I want the classic. Okay. Yeah. Nothing else. If we're going to get that, nothing else. No yeah. freezing rain, no sleet, yep. snow. Yep. I want Arctic air. I want all snow. I want howling winds. I want shutdown. For weeks. If I'm if I'm lucky, it happens after I retire, so I can sit at home and enjoy it <laughs> instead of working it. <laughs> I feel like something. I feel like an '89 or a '73 snowstorm would probably be as exhausting as a hurricane would be to oh, cover. Hundred percent to cover. And I will tell you too. Um, in Eastern Kentucky, we covered many double-digit snows. It gets to a point. From a meteorology standpoint, where you're just exhausted because mm-hmm. there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we had one that was 18 inches yeah. up in the mountains. After like four inches, what do yeah. you do? Yeah. Everything's closed. Yeah. There's crashes everywhere. Yeah. You just keep Let's adding Let's go out it up. to a reporter. All right. Yeah. Put a ruler in it. Yeah. Like, at, at some point, it just, like, the fascinations there 
but after you know hours of covering and it's mm-hmm. okay well i don't yeah. know here's radar again let's go back out to, uh yeah so right it's tough it, it definitely turns in i feel like hurricanes are this way too it turns into a big like go out in the field and show me what you have right. and yeah it's basically it but yeah i would love it um 1984 I'm going to go off script. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go off reverse. script. Reverse. Yeah, I'm going to go off script. This one, March 1st, 1980. Oh, okay. March I saw 1st, that pop up. March 1st, 1980. If you ask anybody who was there just across the border in eastern North Carolina, biggest snowstorm on memory, if they're old enough, they're going to say March 1st, 1980. Okay. We were on the tail end of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another classic storm track. Um, also helped to inflate the big totals of the 80s. Locally, it was about 6 to 10 inches. Um, and this, We actually brought this one up on the podcast, yeah. the season finale. Um, Thunder snow reported in Myrtle Beach. Again, we were on the tail end of that storm. The worst of it was eastern North Carolina. 30 to 36 inches of snow. With thunder, with lightning, with 50-mile-per-hour wind gusts. Just an absolutely epic. Epic storm. Mm. Yeah. And if you get thunderstorm in a system. You're just, you're, yeah. You're you are out. looking at the strongest low, probably for yeah. your area in quite some time. Yeah. And just, just. an insane amount of uh, what we call forcing in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, the, and usually if you're getting thunder snow, you're cranking out two, three, four inches of snow an hour. Yeah. If not um, more. And that's I've how this it. one was. Uh, that was for Eastern North Carolina. That was another case. National Guard tanks were deployed. People had to be rescued, collapsed roofs, 10-foot snowdrifts. I think, quote me if I'm wrong, I think that was the uh, one that shut down Fayetteville. Like, thousands oh, of people stranded 80, on the interstate. Yeah, I-95 was, was closed. Uh, just unbelievable snow amounts. The highest were basically from Greenville, North Carolina. Well, basically Jacksonville, Greenville, North Carolina, up to Elizabeth City. Uh, 24 to 36 inches, kind of in that in that area mm. insane storm once again would love to just see what that looks like in the carolinas yeah same. i mean especially same. i mean north carolina's prepped a little bit more for it but yeah still not to the capacity of others yeah um so that kick starts the 80s yep and then these wonderful people that lived here in the carolinas in the 80s some still locally um mm. get to see another one yeah another one not not as big but a very impressive storm because of when it happened, mm. March twenty fourth, nineteen eighty three, and this once again classic setup. Classic setup, but let me go over that date again. March twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. March twenty fourth. Typically, when we wouldn't be talking any time of yeah winter weather, like yeah. we'd be already moving into severe weather severe season. Weather. Yeah. So to think of it, Arctic air trying to work its way back down here into the mm-hmm. end of March, unheard of. Yeah. Honestly. I, I usually use March 1st as my cutoff. Yeah, I like that. worrying about snow around here. March 24th, 1983, a bitter cold storm, temperatures in the teens and 20s. Um, totals were impressive. Mm-hmm. Seven inches in Myrtle Beach, which seven inches, that's a big storm in Myrtle mm-hmm. Beach. Seven inches on March 24th yeah. is insane. Uh, ten inches in Lumberton, six to ten inches for most of the area. Classic late spring storm. I remember this one in Charlotte. Do you know, <laughs> you probably don't, do you remember what the pattern was? Were we in a... We were in a classic March pattern, and maybe this is something we can hit on with. Um, March tends to bring upper-level lows. Yeah. The area of low pressure kind of gets cut off in the mm-hmm. upper atmosphere. And there's a saying, upper-level lows, weatherman's woes. Mm-hmm. Um, upper-level lows are notoriously hard to predict. This snowstorm was crazy. I was in Charlotte. They ended up with 10 to 12 inches. I was, <laughs> no in, big deal. Yeah, I was in elementary school. The forecast that day was for rain-snow mix. Mm. Went to school that morning. It was raining, pouring down rain. The wind was blowing. Had been at school about an hour and it changed to snow. And I'm telling you, within an hour, there was three inches on the ground. It was dumping snow. They canceled school. My grandparents came and got me, took me home, dumped snow all day long. And I kid you not, the next day, I was school was out. I was out playing in the snow 
in short sleeve shirts. It was back up into the 50s to near 60 the very next day. Was it this also the same system? One of them, we had the 70s earlier that week. Yes. Yep. This was the one. Yep. Yep. Man. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. And so, everything just lined up. That upper level lows came through. Enough cold air, drug it down, went to snow, and then 60s the next day. You always hear, especially if you follow um, Mitch, for instance, mm-hmm. will say this, or anyone who does forecasting, a little bit more complex and has the time. But yeah. We don't. Digging is always yeah. what you want to see. Yeah. So when you bring up the cold air, and I knew immediately when you said what the original forecast was. Yeah. Hey, cold air evection had to be probably stronger yep. to dig yep. that low. Yep. And if you get that, your yep. wind profile shifts completely yep. to where, man. And this is one of those systems, too, where upper-level lows, a lot of times, uh, not to get too geeky, they will produce their own cold air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will be raining or snowing so hard, especially on the backside, um, that it – starts to pull down colder air from the upper atmosphere. Um, and that's why upper level lows can be so tricky because mm-hmm. you never know if that process is actually going to happen. And mm-hmm. that was the case with this one where it just started to create its own pocket of cold air and it just cranked. Yeah. And the strength of that upper level low too comes into that yeah. factor. Yeah. I've seen upper level lows where that cold air doesn't come in until it's yeah. already moved out, yep. but you still get it. Yep. Um, so once again, it's kind of trying to play catch up with cold air yeah. um, and with the precip. Anything on 83? Let me, let me tell you the interesting thing about 83. Okay. Just to show you how volatile March can be. March is one of my favorite months. That was March 24th, 1983. Are you ready to have your mind blown? I'm just predicting you you're don't saying know. something about severe weather. You don't, okay. huh. March 24th, 1983, we had 6 to 10 inches of snow. March 24th, 1984, one year later to the day, the worst severe weather and tornado outbreak in South Carolina's history. Mm. Is that not insane? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just goes to show how volatile March can be. What's in in March in general, especially in the Plains, even in Kentucky, the worst tornado outbreak in one of Kentucky and Indiana's history, March 2nd, Mm -hmm. 2012, um, tornado damage i will never forget on march 3rd Mm -hmm. waking up and there's tornado damage houses destroyed picked up and there's an inch of snow snow on the ground covering debris yeah and that happens at least once every couple years somewhere in march yeah Uh, it's truly march madness yeah no pun intended. i always call it march madness march is an amazing month of weather i love march that's when it gets yeah busy yeah but fun for sure um 83, what was the max on that? I think you said it for um, snow. I think right around a foot. Okay. Uh, Florence, uh, Lumberton, that area. Yeah, also, I printed snow. out a whole case study on this. I'll read this one. I want to go to – I don't need a case study. I lived it. So, we fast forward. You're such a dork. I am a dork. Because there was something in here that I really liked. This, is, this is what Andrew underlined because apparently you wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. What was it? Do you really think we're going to talk about this on here? This divergence provided enhanced upward vertical velocities for the moist Gulf air evicted in by the southwesterly 500 to 850 millibar winds shown in figures 9 through 6. This progressive moistening of the lower levels is reflected in the Charleston upper air soundings. You were going to talk about that? It's like I knew what you were going to say. So we use these things called skewties. I'll be right back. I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) These in Kentucky were our lifesaver for winter weather. Why I say that is remember that northeast wind we were talking about, that dry, cold air coming in? You can see that depicted on this beautiful skewtee. So basically, we send a balloon up, Jamie. You know this. Sorry, what? Sorry, I dozed off there. (laughs) And we have our... Two points of temperatures. It measures everything, right? Mm-hmm. What was unique about this event is the morning of mm-hmm. completely dry air. You couldn't get a raindrop out of that air if you wanted. Yeah. But because of the moisture that's coming in from the Gulf, six hours later, mm-hmm. completely saturated, mm-hmm. ready to roll, perfect. Yeah. You typically see that transition happen over about 12 to yeah. 18 hours. Yeah. So for that to happen over the course of six. Again, that's March for you. Shows you how powerful this low was. Mm-hmm. That's why I underlined it. Okay. 
amazing story. Remember when we started this podcast, we were talking about like useful have information. Have seen these useful questions? Useful information for the viewers and not to put them to sleep. I think that was number 11 on the list. Don't put your viewers to sleep. I think... <laughs> Check. <laughs> what do you remember about 2010, you young 28-year-old? 2010. Not the biggest snowstorm by any stretch. But one of the most beautiful snows mm. I have ever seen. Yeah. Another rare case where this was, it was pretty much a slam dunk forecast. We could see this one coming about three or four days away. Uh, locally, three to six inches of snow. Mm -hmm. Three to six inches of the fluffiest stick to everything snow I have ever seen in my 28 years on this planet mm -hmm. here at the beach mm -hmm. everywhere the whole area picked up snow it was snowing in Charleston um locally it was a very high impact snow uh because it started snowing on a Friday evening Saturday morning was the Myrtle Beach Marathon mm. that was canceled so we had insane amounts of people in town to run a marathon and it had to be canceled because of snow who would have ever thought the myrtle beach marathon wouldn't be run because of snow there's something about that marathon that's jinxed that marathon they yeah that marathon was it dorian yeah. dorian <laughs> Did yeah. and dorian was it dorian that it canceled i think I so think canceled the and marathon? They, they've had to move the dates it's a couple been moved of times before yeah. and then it's been moved into storms like that yeah that it's yeah jinxed. yeah um but it was also kind of cool because I was leaving work that morning as the storm was winding down. Um, and there were people out running on their own. They were like, they made, we came to Myrtle Beach, we're going to run this marathon. I remember some of these stories. And they were, yeah, they were out running. Um, and some of the pictures we're showing are pictures that I took uh, that morning when it f finished snowing. Um, and it was just beautiful. And <laughs> as beautiful as it was, four to five inches of snow here on the beach, on the ground that morning. Mm-hmm. By 3 o'clock, there was not a trace. There was not a trace. I've never seen snow disappear so fast in my life. Mm. Gone. That was the first true snow coverage for WMBF News. Right? Yeah. What was that yeah. like? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do we want to spill some tea on the podcast? Yeah, I think so. We had different management back then. Yeah. I wasn't the chief meteorologist back mm -hmm. then. Mm-hmm. I remember this story. That's why I wanted to throw it. Oh, in you're there. probing. Yeah, you're, you're stirring. You're stirring the pot. <laughs> Our former chief didn't really care as much about weather mm -hmm. as I feel like a meteorologist should. Mm -hmm. I could see the storm coming from a couple days away, mm -hmm. as as could any meteorologist. There was not a lot of mention of this snowstorm in any forecast or any sort of planning around the station. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to leave out names, and I'm going to leave yeah. out some details. Yeah. Um, finally, the day before, I kind of spoke up and was like, hey, guys, to the news team. I was like, hey, guys, this is this is going to be a doozy. This is, this is potentially one of the bigger storms we've seen since 1989 mm -hmm. as far as the amount of snow that's going to fall. And um, I was told, <laughs> well, other places say it's not going to be that bad. Mm -hmm. And these other places weren't very reputable. And that's the only time I've gotten very close to quitting my job. Mm. I made it into the lobby, walking out the doors. I was done. I was done. That was a different time at WNBF. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a T on that storm. I bring that up because I remember you saying that, and then at the end of this report that I wanted to print out, it says something about the confidence of a significant snow for South Carolina was mm -hmm. always there. Mm -hmm. But what they didn't expect was the wide variety of totals. Like, the totals mm -hmm. overachieved yeah. the original forecast. It was, it was an overachiever, yeah. So it was definitely one of those that even, like you said, three days yeah. out, and they even said it in yeah. this report from ICDNR, it had the look. Yeah, like, it this was, was, it was the a, one. A it, classic was a classic, setup. it was a classic setup, and we knew that it was going to snow. It did overperform totals wise. Yeah. Not hugely. I think we had a two to three inch forecast here for the Grand Strand, which you always go conservative when you're forecasting yeah. snow. 
we ended up with three to six. Uh, you get inland of the PD and even down towards Charleston, back towards Columbia, there were some six to eight, six to eight inch pockets of mm. snow. Uh, but like I said, the reason I put that in there is because of just how beautiful it was. It yeah. was just one of the, there, you know, your variety, your texture of snow. You know, you can have a really cold, dry snow and it will not stick to trees mm -hmm. or anything. You get a wet snow, it will. This one was the perfect combination, I guess, of moisture and temperatures. When I tell you this snow stuck to everything, I mean everything was just perfectly coated and there was no wind. It was one of those snows where it just giant flakes That's the best. all night long coming straight down, not even a two mile per hour breeze. And it was it was a beautiful snow. Just beautiful. And as far as the photos go, that is one of the tops when it comes to pictures. Yeah. However, for me, twenty fourteen yeah. is just magical. It just looks like something you wouldn't typically see, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. The pictures from twenty fourteen are also pictures um that I took. 2014 was the last good winter that we had mm. in my book. Yeah. No, um, I think that's right. We had two back-to-back -back winter storms that winter. Um, the first one came uh, January, late January. That one was a real challenge for forecasting because leading up to that event, everything pointed to it being a major historic ice storm mm -hmm. it was going to be freezing rain it was going to bring down trees and power lines and shut everything down yep and it started as freezing rain late in the day on january 28th i will never forget the forecast was for freezing rain all night long changing to sleet and maybe some flurries by the next morning but the big thing was it was going to be just an absolute ice storm disaster I will never forget, right before the 6 o'clock news, I poked my head out the back door just to kind of check on things. I know exactly what you're going to say. And it was pouring sleet. And you can hear it. I had never seen it sleet so hard in my life, just dumping sleet. And I came back in. Robert was here working. He, this, that was, he was really early in his, his career. I was like, man, we've already changed to sleet. Mm -hmm. Um that was both the saving grace for us, but also what paralyzed us. Yeah. It sleeted all night long, dumping sleet, finally changed to a little bit of snow early in the, the next morning before it quit. Sleet with a mix of just a little bit of freezing rain is like a glacier to get rid of. Yeah. We had been cold before that storm, so it all stuck on the streets. And I tell you, you pack down sleet, you throw a little freezing rain in it, throw a dusting of snow on top, it's not going anywhere. Mm -mm. What made that storm so impactful for this area was for 82 hours, we stayed below freezing. Almost a full week of below freezing. And there was one to two inches of sleet on the ground. It would not budge. Not only was it below freezing, it stayed cloudy. Mm. So we didn't even get the help from sunshine for three or four days. When I tell you this place was shut down, it was shut down as if we did have two feet of snow. You couldn't go anywhere. No. Uh, finally, on like day three, city crews, I will never forget this, city crews are piling sand into pickup trucks from the beach and hand shoveling sand out onto the roads just so that people can finally start to move. Incredible, just incredible impacts from that. Fun and unusual fact, not really fun, but 58 calls to emergency responders because of slip and fall injuries during this system. I can believe it. And sleet is one of those things when you're forecasting winter weather, it can ruin your snow totals, mm -hmm. but it can really mess up traffic. Yeah. Like, big time. Yeah. Uh, you get that switch over, obviously you're thankful because of the freezing rain, mm -hmm. but if, like you said, surface temperatures are mm -hmm. below free. It's just going to turn into ice it already. Does. Sleet is just, and you, like I said, you pack it down it's on the streets. Over. It's it's impossible to get rid of. It's uh, it was it was so bad. In addition to people sanding by shovel the streets, um, because it wasn't going anywhere. Finally, by day two and three, um, the all the local prisons around took the chain gang out, as we <laughs> used to call it, 
and I would distinctly remember video of these prisoners with picking shovels away. picking away at ice at like courthouses, hospitals, police departments just to get something, some sort of traction. Do you remember how many days the city was closed for? It said several. I didn't know. I would say four solid days. Okay. The storm happened. If I'm not mistaken, it happened on a Monday. And it wasn't until Friday into Saturday that things finally started to thaw enough that you could get out. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, you think you avoid one ice storm. The, yeah. And you wait a little bit later. Yeah. In 2014. Yeah. Two weeks after that. What do you remember from that? Here comes another winter storm. We had just launched a brand new graphics package. That's what's always going to stand out for me. So we were learning how to use a brand new system <laughs> of graphics. <laughs> That's a headache. Thinking about that. As the next storm is coming in. That one, remember the first one looked like a major ice storm was going to be sleet. It ended up being sleet and snow. The second storm, two weeks later, had the appearance of an ice storm, but didn't get really, really serious until about the day before. Mm. There, there was some question about whether or not we would get ice here at the beach. There was a question about moisture inland, question about our temperature is going to be cold enough. And the day before, I remember going on the news that evening doing the six, and we were already sitting at like 30 degrees here in Myrtle Beach, north wind, just driving in cold air. And I was like, yeah, this one's we're going to crank this one. And sure enough, it started freezing rain the next morning. And by lunchtime here at the beach, the trees were popping and snapping and the power was going out. And it was one of those storms where we were kind of playing catch up mm -hmm. because it was such a marginal event going into it. We weren't really sure was the freezing rain going to make it to the beach. Well, it did. And it dumped freezing rain for about 18 hours. Um, my biggest story from that storm was all day long as the freezing rain was continuing, you know, we were getting reports from Florence and Marion and everywhere, uh, trees down, power lines down. You're kind of used to that. You're using those reports. About 7 o'clock that evening, from Conway through Ainer into Marion County, we just stopped getting anything. Mm. There were no reports. There was nothing coming out. The next morning, as the freezing rain was finally ending, I was like, we still haven't heard anything from Ainer or from Marion or from Mullins. So me and our chief photographer at the time hopped in the truck and started heading north. And once you got north of Conway, it was disaster. Mm. Um, an inch to an inch and a half of freezing rain up there. A quarter of an inch of freezing rain is what it takes to start bringing down tree limbs. Mm -hmm. A quarter of an inch. They had an inch and a half. Half Marion. an inch will shut down a major city. Half an inch just will shut you down. This was an inch to an inch and a half. The reason we hadn't heard anything from Marion, 100% of the county was without power. Basically, you went from just the north side of Conway into Marion almost back to I-95, and it was total, complete power outage shutdown. Mm. Every line was down. Every tree was, I mean, it was epic scenes out of that area of that freezing rain. We had a system very similar to this in Kentucky in 2009. Mm -hmm. The significant Ohio Valley ice storm. Uh, I think it was an inch and a half in mm -hmm. western Kentucky. Mm -hmm. For home for me in Louisville, it was about an inch of ice. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, 14 days yeah. of no school, yeah. no tr there were curfews to even go out. You weren't mm -hmm. allowed. Yeah, I remember power being out for days. I remember being like bundled up yeah. and it, like it was yeah. memorable um and a lot of those big ice storms typically start with the overrunning of warm air yep. over that cold shallow layer like mm -hmm. you said you 30 degrees at the surface yeah. but right above there's a warm layer of just rain that's yeah. falling bad scenario bad scenario yeah um that storm ended up knocking out more power to south carolina than hurricane hugo did yeah let that sink in yeah yeah <laughs> It's just unbelievable. Um, even here at the beach, I think here at the beach, we ended up with about a half an inch to three quarters of an inch. And driving home from work that night, just that's an eerie sound. If you've ever been through an mm -hmm. ice storm at night, you know that sound. Yep. And it is the constant right popping and cracking of trees and tree limbs coming down. Uh, and, yeah, that was that went on all night long. Ocean Boulevard looked like a ice skating rink. Yeah. 
um yeah the the photos from this one are yeah. like yeah they're crazy that's the one that i'm like okay mm-hmm. that that looks a mm-hmm. lot like what we would have in kentucky yeah um ironically enough also today when we're recording this um lisa sent me some photos from surfside beach in Sacasti of 2014 this was the january event and we'll throw these yeah. up mm-hmm. um yeah once you can again, see in that picture the street there, you can just tell it's an ice skating rink. And it stayed like that for four days. Good luck driving <laughs> in that. I yeah. don't care how good of a yeah. driver you are in snow. Yeah. Yeah, it is Yankees. impossible. Yeah. Oh, you Southerners. No, no, no. You get sleet with freezing rain on top. You're not going anywhere. Out of all these, you are. Out of all these events, um, what do you think that was the most difficult, at least in your mind, to forecast? The ones that you did? The 2014. Okay. Yeah thought so yeah because they were both so strange going into not strange they were they were classic ice storm setups but that first one like i said with the the early changeover to sleet was a big surprise mm-hmm. really big surprise man yeah i could talk about this for hours yeah i really could um i know we have only a couple of minutes because we really did a deep dive in yeah hopefully you're here <laughs> if yeah. you're not we'll see you next week um you want to do a couple, just a couple of shooting yeah, breeze? Yeah, let's do it. And then we will wrap this up. Um, man, we got a lot of questions, too, we and I know we're going to have more winter weather. Soon to be, we'll be talking about severe weather season. How often and when do you all use satellite products? Mm, Anonymous. Great question. <clears throat> Not as much as I should, maybe. It's so tricky. It's dependent on the weather. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. You can actually use them. We don't see it much here, but during winter storms, you can use them mm-hmm. to see the snow packed. Yeah. Um, so you can look at visible satellite, yeah. and that can help your temperature forecast. Yeah. Um, for here, if if clouds are kind of the only factor really going into what's happening, yeah, I will. Sometimes um, I'll use it for like um, the cloud layer feature, even for future satellite, mm-hmm. to, to determine like, am I going to go mostly cloudy or partly cloudy on a forecast? Yeah. Um, other than that, really, fr- at that point, people want to see the the rain, like yeah, the front moving right. through. Um, obviously, hurricane season. Yeah. Uh, because we, you have no radar access over the ocean. Yeah. I'm staring at satellites all hurricane season mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Um, because that's the only thing we have. But on a day to day basis, I. I don't really. I'll do it occasionally just to look at the, because I have been bit where I'm like, oh yeah, it looks okay. And then the sun yeah. comes up. I'm like, wow, there's a lot more clouds out there that's than usually, what I thought. That's usually when I end up looking because yeah. I do a lot more of this. Yeah, me too. Than I do looking at satellites because um, um, it's just not that big of a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's, if we're forecasting rain, well then for forecasting rain, it's yeah. going to be, I know it's going to be cloudy. Now <laughs> I do enjoy in the summertime a traditional cumulonimbus field or yeah. cumulus field yeah. that, I love to see that. Yeah, if there's um, something interesting that I think is going to be on the satellite, I'll check it out. But mm, otherwise, no. Typically, we have too much to do to yeah. to spend too much time yeah. there. Um, well, this is fun for you. <laughs> mm, boy. Uh, what are the effects on hurricane season with El Nino and La Nina and the rising temperatures of the ocean? Sue. Well, Sue... <laughs> So last hurricane season, we had the competing factors of La Nina. No. El Nino. El, El Nino. Yeah. Which tends to make for a quiet hurricane season versus record warm Atlantic water temperatures, which tends to make for a hyperactive season. Last hurricane season, the water temperatures easily won out. Mm-hmm. It was There was always a question of which is it going to be an El Nino hurricane season or a warm Atlantic hurricane season? The warm water won out. Mm -hmm. We're going into the 2024 hurricane season with what will likely be a very rapidly ending El Nino, potentially going back to La Nina. Yeah. And we still have very warm water temperatures. Record warm warm water temperatures still in the Atlantic. That's red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Red flag. There's people who are a lot smarter than us that are going to start coming out with their forecasts. Um, But I have a feeling they are going to be going for a very active hurricane season. Again, that doesn't say where they're going to go, but I think by the numbers, 2024 may be 
the ingredients are there for a big 2024 hurricane season. And and like you said, important to remember when we say that, we don't mean necessarily here. Yeah. But it does increase the chances. Yeah, the more um, storms you have, the better the odds that you're going to get hit by one of them. I'd be shocked if we're not on for a huge hurricane season. Yeah. Um, just looking at everything right now, especially yeah. if we do transition to a La Nina. So um, typically the only time you'll see that El Nino with a weaker or, or quieter hurricane season mm-hmm. is if we don't have the record warmth. But yeah. lately, that's just been the case. Yeah. yeah, the water temperatures are just insane out there in the Atlantic. I think I mentioned this a couple of podcasts back, the temperatures in the central Atlantic Ocean. So if you think between the coast of Africa and the Caribbean, that strip of water mm. right there, we call that the MDR, the main development region. I haven't checked up lately, but a few weeks ago, the water temperatures <laughs> – and that part of the Atlantic are where they normally are in July. Yeah, let that what? sink in. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. In the middle of the winter, and it's as warm as it typically is in July. So, again, that's red flag. I've seen some tweets by Dr. Phil Klotzbach, mm. um, and he's kind of hinting that it's the potential there for a big season Yeah, in Colorado State. So, And we'll have that sooner rather than later. So, yeah. get ready. Yeah, he'll come out with that in April. So Let's do one more question. I'll let you pull it. And then we'll slowly wrap this up. I know people got things oh, to do on their Mark. Thursday evening. <laughs> Mark going to make us end with a bang. Can you explain more on the Gulf Stream and how it impacts our weather? It impacts it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think also, though, the Gulf Stream tends to get a little more credit than it deserves. I was going to say that. <laughs> but uh, I was going to wait and let you finish. Yeah. You go first. Yeah. So the Gulf Stream, you know what it is, that warm current of water offshore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an important factor. It intensifies storms out there. Not always tropical systems, mm-hmm. but just regular storms that we get this time of the year yeah. out there. It can fuel those because it is warm. The air around and over the Gulf Stream is always warmer. Um, so it's a factor, but it's not as big of a factor locally as I think people think it is the number one thing. And you'll hear it every hurricane season of the storms. Well, it's still got to get across the Gulf stream. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many storms I've seen coming across the Gulf stream that do nothing Mm -hmm. or weaken. Yeah. There's a lot more that goes into, especially hurricanes in the Gulf stream Mm -hmm. than just that warm water. You can have all the warm water in the world and a hurricane passing over it. But if you have dry air, if you have wind shear, if you have anything else, it's going to be a competing factor. So it's it's an important feature, but it's not the be-all, end-all. It's an ingredient. I like to call it yeah. like you can have a ton of storm fuel yeah. in a summertime setup, mm-hmm. but storm fuel isn't everything. Too much mm-hmm. of one thing could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. My number one pet peeve mm-hmm. is when we have a hurricane out in the Atlantic and someone, it could even be a meteorologist, mm-hmm. will post, Oh, we have plenty of warm temperatures in the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anything to me, and that doesn't mean anything to the public. So why yeah. post it? Yeah, it's just really just some clickbait. Yeah. Hey, this system's going to be moving into warm water. We know the water's warm. It's right. always warm there. Yeah. But what other ingredients are going to come into play? Can it enhance our weather or enhance a storm? Absolutely. Um, we even talked last episode about how it can even enhance some of those storms out there. Yeah. Supercells. Yeah. Um. But it is not the end-all, be-all. You still need some sort of synoptic forcing from this. Yep. And then, of course, severe weather mesoscale forcing or mesoscale ingredients. Um, the further north you go, yeah. the more important the Gulf Stream yep. is. Um, you get off the New England coastline. I was going to say. It's a much more of a driving force. Yep. Driving nor'easters. Yep. Um, you follow the Gulf Stream all the way across the Atlantic. And it's a huge player for Great Britain, mm-hmm. England, Ireland. Yep. It keeps them moderated, um, really drives their weather. Mm-hmm. But for us, yes, it's important, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. That's a, I think that's yeah. the best way to explain it without getting too technical. Yeah. Um, of course, leave it to Mark. Leave it to Mark. <laughs> leave it to Mark. Anything you want to add on this dense episode I don't think so. This was fun. Yeah. It was fun. It's always, I, you know, I love looking back. Me too. Um. And now that I'm getting old and can remember so many of them that have happened, like it's fun to mix the science with the personal. Yeah, 
you know. Typically when we do these and I'm looking at just one storm, cool. But if it's multiple, it's like, all right, I got to print something out. Yeah. Because I want to mix them. Yeah. Because they all do have this similar setup in some capacity. All very impactful. Um, but, man, I think I think eventually we're going to get one. Maybe eventually not this year. it's going to be ha- – at this point, I'd settle for another Saturday morning with flurries and a half an inch. Yeah. I just too. need something. Because, you know, too. I'm not going on my winter vacation this year. I know, which I'm shocked. For the first time in a long time. Because I'm, I'm saving up for April and the eclipse and some storm chasing. Yeah. Whew, man, I've got I've got snow withdrawal bad. Yeah. Me too. Bad. Especially when back home is getting it and the yeah. deep south getting it. But yeah. here we are. Yeah. Um, episode 38, I think that's it. That's it. What are we doing next? We don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we do have a guest in two weeks. Yeah, though. two weeks guest. George. Um, George will be on. Yep. Can't wait. We're not yep. going to have to talk at all for that one. Right. Um, that does it for us for episode 38. We'll see you all. Thanks for tuning in.